0: Everybody, and welcome to the Makers in Minnesota podcast where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I found a new maker today that I'm excited about that I found from the University of Minnesota website. I don't know if you know this, but if you're an alumni and you're a business owner and you have a product, they will feature your product in their alumni store, which is really cool. I'm here with Crystal Osman and she is with Better Berry Pie. And Crystal, I did not know about you until that. University of Minnesota sent out a newsletter, and I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, here's a maker that's making pies. It's Thanksgiving season, and I don't even know about her. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you
1: so much, Stephanie, and thank you so much for having
0: me here today. It's great. I love, now, we do audio for recording, or video for recording, but I only use the audio because I just don't have the time to edit video, too. And I love that you have a, a Peloton in the background, which is like mine too. Do you still use it?
1: Um, so I go on break from about May to October, which is farmers market season and our peak yep. season, and into November. But then coming up soon, I hope to get back to it.
0: Yeah, because mine has become a clothes hanger, so it's just <laughs> funny it sits when back I see there behind my Zoom screen and just taunts me all day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally get that. Okay, so Crystal tell me about uh, better berry pies. These are unique pies that are gluten-free. Tell me how you developed the formula and tell me about them. Sure. So
1: we make meringue crust cream pies, which are a little uh, not typical um, in terms of pie lovers out there. You might be thinking exactly what is that? Unless you've heard of a lemon angel pie, which is kind of a really great old-timey classic. And if you've had that, you've essentially had our pies. Um, And so we kind of got our start because um, I love baking, I love cooking and it's been a long learning process for me. And uh, (laughs) I always brought the pie to Thanksgiving and to our family gatherings. And one year um, my brother-in-law was diagnosed with celiac disease and he loves our apple pie. And I was like, oh, what am I gonna do for Matt? and in his journey, we had come across pies like these. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to make it. And so I dug around for recipes and like, how do you make a meringue crust? I'd never made a meringue in my life and made an apple and a pumpkin and brought them to Thanksgiving and they were kind of a hit. And so fast forward to April, 2021, when I was kind of getting that itch and had always known I wanted to start my own business I was like what what am I going to do and this this kind of just came to be and it was kind of a happy accident in some ways that I never thought I was going to be a quote unquote baker I still don't know that I can call myself a baker but
0: yeah so and now here we are <laughs> so I think you can call yourself a baker and I only say that because I I'm calling myself a cookbook writer which is also hilarious to me so We'll just step into our new roles here together because you do have like a certain amount of imposter syndrome when you try something new or you all of a sudden make this a business and it's like, whoa, wow. Okay. Totally.
1: I did not grow up in a family who of like business folks, entrepreneurs, or even bakers. And so it very much feels all the feels of imposter syndrome. Yeah, so I, I can that, totally sure. appreciate that. But I like that. We'll step into
0: it. I guess I'm a baker. (laughs) They, yes. All right. So the dealing with meringues is tricky stuff. So that like right away, as someone who's made some meringue in my life, I was like, holy cats, they're making these like pies that they're selling in these, you know, containers that are meringue based, like, whoa, is how do you like get them stable? Dealing with the humidity, putting them into packages—like, has that all been a learning curve? Oh my gosh! Uh, there are
1: <laughs> so food in general, especially food business, I don't think is for the faint of heart, and I've quickly learned that. Um, there have been many a days where we just flat out failed a recipe, you know, or the batch didn't quite work, and. It's actually a little bit more so in our cream cheese whipped cream fill than even in the meringue. But the meringue is so, as you mentioned, so finicky because she needs just the right temperature to thrive. Right. And so otherwise you get weepy and all of that. So luckily, we're able to now control our environment pretty well in the kitchen that we use. So that helps us a lot. Um, But yeah, it's it has been kind of a journey trying to figure out exactly exactly how to make it, how to shape it well. That's still kind of something that we're tweaking all the time. I mean, all of our recipes generally, we're always trying to improve them and make them better. And so, um, but the meringue, yeah, it's, it's something we bake separately. We form them all up, bake them, and then we add all of our layers to the, to each individual pie and we do a number of different flavors.
0: So it's a meringue bottom crust. Then you have a custard flavor or uh, so it might be lemon. It could be pumpkin. It could be apple, whatever it is that's in the middle there. And then you have a cream cheese whipped cream topping. Is that correct?
1: Yes, pretty close. We also, because why not, add cream cheese whipped cream to our fill too. So it's a portion of that and then either a custard or a compote or a curd that has the flavor that we fold into all of that. And then we layer it on top with a little bit more sugar, a little bit of vanilla, you know, to really round it out. (laughs) Yum. It sounds so good. So where are you selling these? So right now we are primarily at farmer's markets. So we just started last year. So we're still getting our ground, our feet under us. And I, this is, uh, we're a small but mighty team. So it's me, my significant other, Andy, and anybody Whose arm we can twist to like come into the <laughs> kitchen and help us, or of course, randomly jump in and help me throw up the tent or what have you. And so we're at the Hopkins, Bloomington, and just got into the downtown St. Paul farmers markets in the summer. But we only do a couple, it's all on our website, but we only do a couple a month just because I also work full time. Andy works full time as well. So right now it's very much a side hustle. Um, but then we've also started to get into a little bit of retail. We're just kind of tipping our toes into that. We're in a, a little market. I know you're a cabin person, Stephanie, in Northwest Wisconsin, though. Um, it's a little brewery market. And um, so we're up in their, um, their market. And then we're, we've got a few things in the hopper that hopefully we'll be able to announce soon. So we'll Who do you feel see more places.
0: Yeah. Who do you feel like is your ideal customer for the pie?
1: So we focus on, and our number one priority are folks with celiac disease. So our pies are naturally gluten-free because of our ingredient choices. But then on top of that, we test to ensure that because (laughs) I get goosebumps like every time I think about it, like knowing what my brother-in-law has gone through on his journey, just now hearing so many stories of folks that are like, oh my gosh, I haven't had pie in you fill in the blank number of years. And yeah. that's like, that's so powerful. And also just, you know, I think that's changing for people, the gluten-free and like kind of some more health conscious choices are becoming available and getting better and better right there used to be a pretty strong perception that gluten-free meant doesn't taste good yep, and that's changing. So thankfully, right. But that's, that's definitely our primary market.
0: So I'm here with Crystal from Better Berry Pies, and you obviously, if the Alumni Association is putting you on your website, you were a graduate, I'm assuming.
1: Well, technically, I graduate this fall, so oh, I'm in nice. my last class right now. <laughs> but then, yes, I will be a 22 MBA
0: grad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My husband is a graduate from that school, too. Oh, and fantastic. Yeah, they do a good job of promoting um, their alumni. They sure do. When you are at these markets, like how did you learn how to do a farmer's market? And how did you know like what to buy and what tents and how many pound weights you needed to bring? And was it just trial and error? So
1: kind of an interesting little backstory. Um, back in my previous life before Minnesota, I worked for two nonprofit business improvement district districts in Green Bay, Wisconsin. One on one hand, we uh, were working on a food co-op, and as such, we decided, well, let's you know sponsor a winter farmers market. So I helped on that side of the farmers market in terms of setup and development of like how it was going to run from that perspective. And then we also took on the city's outdoor Saturday farmers market, which boasted like six to eight thousand people. So became pretty well versed in the logistics necessary for vendors and got to know so many vendors right but then starting this business like okay what's the primary outlet for us right now it's farmers markets oh my gosh i'm going to be a vendor at a farmers market yes. and so, <laughs> there was still plenty of learning curve there like i didn't know what a gravity um hand wash station was i had to figure that out you know luckily we have a great health inspector
0: <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> but um yeah so it's just a little bit of trial by trial and error. And then, you know, just kind of trying to figure out like, what's, what, who are we and how do we share that at our farmer's market booth? How do we present that story of what we're doing and, and trying to be in? And it's still definitely something we're tweaking as we go.
0: <laughs> but it seems like that's a great, was a great learning environment for you that you at least kind of knew a little bit about, because farmer's markets are hard.
1: They sure are. And There's a lot of schlepping yeah. and you're getting up so early and I'm a morning person, but like still when you're getting up at maybe, you know, four 30 or five o'clock and some farmers come from much further away and have huge setups and stuff. So it, it can be some work for sure. And, and I was grateful to have that experience coming into it so that I at least kind of knew what I was getting into.
0: Do you think you would ever experiment with like gluten-free flours or I mean, meringue is such a specific type of pie and it really appealed to me because of that. So maybe that's just where the magic is. But do you see yourself kind of expanding at all?
1: You know, I don't, I I say this now, right? Like who knows what the future brings, but at this point in time, I feel like this is an opportunity for us to have a niche, right? And it's not a lot of folks are doing it right. And it is unique. And I think we've, we've kind of learned a lot, but also I'm not a baker in terms of like, I should, okay, I'm, I'm leaning into leaning. You're a, that. Baker a baker now because we're deciding. I'm a baker now, but I'm, I don't have a lot of experience working with gluten-free flours and stuff. And it takes time to develop those good recipes. And we've got so many great makers in the area who do that well. So for now, that's not for us. We're going to focus in this space.
0: And there is a lot to be done. Like you can even do like smaller hand pie sizes, like, Do you do smaller sizes already?
1: We do. You knew. So we do three sizes. We do a teeny, a mini, and a whole pie. So our teeny is like great for just one. The mini is kind of that two to three person. Sometimes it's one if you ask me, but um, then we do a whole standard pie, which is like your nine and a half inch pie. And all of our pies come frozen. So unfortunately, there's like a little bit of like, you don't get that instant gratification, but you just wait a little bit. It thaws out in the refrigerator and then you get to enjoy it.
0: (laughs) And how long does it take to thaw like a mini versus a whole pie? Yeah, so
1: the whole pies, we say like overnight in the refrigerator, the teenies and the minis are anywhere from four to eight hours, depending on the temporary refrigerator too.
0: And so that's also kind of a unique situation in that, you're having to have freezer capacity yes. at a farmer's market. So you're moving in chest freezers. And
1: yes, yes, exactly. And we've graduated from like the three foot by three foot cubic freezer to one that now you can see into. And who knows what next year will bring, we'll probably stay with what we've got. But um we have a little van that is accessible so we can roll it in and out so I can do them by myself, which is really helpful. We used to be lugging a huge freezer in and out of the back of a truck and that was not ideal
0: (laughs) yeah and it's those are exactly the kind of things that you learn about in a maker environment um you have really nice packaging who helped you with your packaging for better berry pies
1: (laughs) so remember when i said we're small
0: but mighty so andy and
1: i he knows how to use adobe illustrator he's wow yeah, so we have iterated this. What we have now is like our second design, but um, we did it. We tried to figure out again what is our voice, what do we want to be seen as, and and how do we want to present our brand, and just tried to make it work. And I'm so grateful that you think it looks good. You know, <laughs> he and literally I... prints the labels himself.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. And I say this with with a total amount of respect, but. You know, my husband got his MBA, I guess it would be about 20 years ago now, maybe 15 years ago. And I never did go and get an MBA. And I never even graduated from college. I am like the school of hard knocks girl. But I will say, when I talk to him, and I talk to him specifically about his brand, and my husband's an author, you really get this whole level of knowledge that he gained from getting an MBA about customer insight and packaging and loyalty and frequency and a lot of marketing things that I learned through the school of hard knocks over time, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the right like language for them, or I didn't quite know how to put them into analytics. So do you feel like your MBA, since we started out talking about the you as we kind of come full circle, has been worth it from that perspective? Because I feel like that's the things you learn.
1: Right, absolutely, and definitely don't ask me to do statistics though, because that didn't stick. It's just not my specialty. Um, in fact, when I have to do like a lot of fractions when I put these recipes together, like it gets really hard. But um, I do, and and so for me, okay. So there's two parts to this story. So the first part is. I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. And now I am the first person in my family to be getting my master's degree, pending all goes well this month or this semester. Um, So to me, it was also just really important to do that. Um, But in terms of what it's helped me do in my business, I think, you know, beyond the, the tactical things that you're talking about, like how I can now see more analytically how to make good decisions for my business which it certainly helped me do, it gave me confidence and it gave me, you know, connecting with faculty on a deeper level. Like I know in that article, I talk about Ann Cohen, who is a business strategist. And she, she just said, like, if you're waiting for the perfect prototype, you're too late. Right. And I took that to heart and that really helped propel me and think like, okay, I, I just got to try. We just got to try. Right. So Yes, all of those. I think it's worth it. For me, it was hugely beneficial. Um, Are there still things that I wish I could have learned through my program? Oh, of course. Right. But, um, you know, we have a wealth of knowledge in our community, too. And there's other ways we can also get information. And so it's all of those things together, for sure.
0: And as a food person, I mean, this food community is pretty fantastic. Like, we have giant corporations and all of those people as resources. But we also have such a robust food market, robust farming, mm-hmm. robust grocery market. I mean, for a market of our size, we have more grocery stores than most people do.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. That was something I was really blown away by. I knew about the General Mills and the big, the history of food production in Minnesota and specifically the Twin Cities. But getting to know the smaller to mid-size food makers, growers, the outlets like you talked about, it is special. It feels like, and maybe it's like this in San Francisco too, or some other key markets like that, but it feels really unique. And the way that so many people are willing to sit down with you and talk about your business share from their perspective, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. It's, it feels really special.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Well, it's been super special to talk to you. Okay, so I'm going to release this podcast in a couple weeks, probably. So what are your deadlines for ordering for Thanksgiving? And will you be at the markets all through the holidays?
1: Great question. So we are going to be, we're a little bit behind, but by November 1st, I hope to have my special orders open on our website and then we'll do um, deliveries the Saturday before Thanksgiving. We're going to be at the Bloomington Farmers Market the second Saturday of November. So I don't know quite if that timing will work, but otherwise up until Tuesday, we're going to do, Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, we'll do um Market Wagon deliveries. Okay. So Market Wagon delivery means what? Yes. So Market Wagon is this great online platform where you can go on and order from a bunch of different local farmers, growers, vendors, and they'll deliver it to your house on Tuesday afternoons for like six bucks or something like that. That's so awesome. what, we'll have pre-orders open all month for that delivery date of, I
0: think it's November, what is it? It's November 22nd, I believe. Okay, awesome. And then in terms of Christmas time, will you be at the market throughout December too?
1: Yes, so we'll be Bloomington. We're just at Bloomington for this um, winter, but um, they do their market on the second Saturdays. And then we'll also do a market wagon delivery, the whatever, the 15th, I think will be our last 15th or 22nd. 20, wait, I'm in November. Whatever the Tuesday is before Christmas.
0: <laughs> okay. And I happen to have a calendar right here. So we'll just tell people that second Tuesday before Christmas is the 13th. 13th and the 20th. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And for more information, they can find you at betterberrypie.com. That's right. And on our Instagram, that's always the latest and greatest for info at betterberrypie. All yeah. Right. Well, it's been super fun to chat with you. Hopefully we can help you drive some sales and get the word out. I just, I love a meringue pie and it looked like a great idea. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Bye-bye. Bye.